BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Broadcasting live from Wildfire Sports Studios for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Welcome to the 4th and John podcast, episode number 90. Now, before we dive headfirst into this podcast, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 4th and John and give us a like on Facebook. Boys and girls! A lot has transpired since you and I last talked. The Eagles have made a lot of moves, made headlines, maybe even one free agency in the NFL. And we got plenty of time to dive headfirst into all the Eagles moves and discuss them. But before I do, I want to get in a little bit. I want to get loose on the rest of of the NFC East because I don't understand to much of my glee. I don't understand what the other teams in the NFC East are doing in free agency. I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, but for the life of me, some of the moves that they're making, quite frankly, just leaving me scratching my head. I mean, let's take the New York Giants, for example. Let's go up the turnpike to our rivals up there at MetLife Stadium. Now, I'll be honest, for a second there, for a millisecond, for a fraction of a moment, I thought that maybe the New York Giants were doing the right thing. I know that Gettleman looks like the type of guy who licks windows as a hobby, but maybe he might be smarter than he looks. Maybe the Giants are trying to TTP their way into next year's quarterback class. Maybe the New York Giants are trying to create their own process to rebuild this team by tanking. I mean, sure, they picked up Eli Manning's $5 million option for 2019, who, by the way, at the age of 38, makes him the third highest paid quarterback in 2019. But really, what were they supposed to do? It's not a strong quarterback draft class. The free agency crop, Besides Nick Foles, absolutely sucks. So really, what were they supposed to do? I mean, Eli Manning won you two Super Bowls. Let him play out his contract and ride off into the sunset. I can almost understand that. And plus, if you draft a quarterback, he has Eli Manning as a mentor. Kind of makes sense to me. Trading Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns. A guy who they just signed to a five-year extension in 2018 for $90 million with a $20 million signing bonus. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but hey, again, if you're going to TTP this thing, if you're going to purposefully tank to gain draft assets, why are you going to have a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. on the team? Especially if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback. You really want a rookie quarterback dealing with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr.? Odell Beckham Jr. would ruin a rookie quarterback right out of the gate. Plus, if you're able to move him along for some draft, as- uh, draft assets, 
There you go. You got a first. You got a third. You got a young, promising player in Jabril Peppers. Okay, I, I, I can almost sort of justify it. You let Landon Collins go all in the name of $11 million. You didn't tag him. You didn't even think about using him as a draft asset to move, to maybe, maybe acquire another first-round pick. You didn't even do that. So that one leaves me scratching my head a little bit. And then you let your top pass rusher on the edge you trade him to the Browns once again, but in exchange for an offensive guard. You're, you're trying to fortify that offensive line. Now, granted, you made Nate Soldier the top-paid left tackle in football last year, and you still blew. You still absolutely sucked. But I can almost understand where they're going with this. Maybe they're TTP in it. Maybe they're trusting the process. Maybe they're tanking on purpose so they can get those draft assets and push forward. And then they sign... A 30-plus-year-old slot receiver in Golden Tate. By the way, hysterical Giants fans to see you guys, the guys who were pointing the finger at the Philadelphia Eagles as how much it was a mistake to trade a third-round pick for a guy like that in the middle of the season and then pay him all that money. It's it's funny to see you guys do a little about-face, especially on that issue right there. Dallas Cowboys, what you been up to? Not a whole lot. Understandably so. You brought back a geriatric tight end in Jason Witten who was so bad in the Monday Night Football broadcast booth, he made Booger McFarlane seem somewhat palatable. That was your big free agent acquisition. Now, granted, you signed Randall Cobb to a one-year deal. It was okay. But if correct me if I'm wrong, but the Dallas Cowboys were in the top 10 of cap space going into free agency and yet get to spend none of it. No Earl Thomas. No Earl Thomas for you. Eagles fans, listen to me. This is why it's so important to draft character guys. You can tell me it doesn't matter what they do off the field. It doesn't matter how they behave. As long as they perform on the field, it's okay. All the woes of the free agency period for the Cowboys trickles down to one guy, and that's Randy Gregory. For once and again, he can't lay off the weed and gets himself suspended indefinitely for a fourth time after a conditional reinstatement last year. Now, all of a sudden, they got to go to Lawrence. They got to franchise tag him because they're the only viable pass rusher he they have. By the way, might hold out because he's not happy about getting tagged for the second time in a row. And you can't spend any of the money that you have left over. Why? Because you have so many people with big contracts coming up. Guys like Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott, and even Amari Cooper, who you already invested a first-round pick in getting, their contracts are up, baby. And look, I don't know if they can re-sign all of them, but if they do, you want to talk about being handcuffed as a team, salary cap-wise, so you can't build any components of the rest of your team. That's a problem, man. Jerry Jones already promised Dak Prescott that big money. What does that mean? You ain't going to give it to Zeke? That's, that's, a, that's a top two. That's arguably the best running back in the league right now. So what does that mean? You ain't going to give it to Amari, who you traded a first-round pick for? Bet you that first-round pick would come in handy right now with a historic defensive line draft on the brink. And then Redskins, listen, I, like, I don't, for the life of me, I can't understand what you're doing. For the life of me, I can't understand what you're doing. Imagine being a Redskins fan sitting in this seat right now, here today, knowing your season is already over because you've got Colt McCoy battling Case Keenum as your starting quarterback. Are you serious? That is a dumpster fire. And then, listen, I I don't know what you're trying to do with Landon Collins. I think the Giants letting Landon Collins go was a mistake, not franchising, franchise tagging him all in the name of $11 million. But that contract you signed, what are you trying to do? Resurrect the, the spirit of Sean Taylor? You think that's going to put butts in seats, giving him number 21 again? That's going to bring the people out to that dump that needs a new paint job called FedEx Field? I am so glad the rest of the NFC East is having the type of offseason they're having. Because I can look around at any one of those teams and say they have not gotten better. The Giants have gotten worse. The Redskins have gotten worse. And the Dallas Cowboys, by proxy of having to franchise Lawrence and then not being able to spend any money because they got all these contracts coming up, they haven't gotten any better. Meanwhile, we're sitting here 
in New Jersey with our Philadelphia Eagles bringing back Deshaun Jackson, bringing back a guy like Malik Johnson, a guy like Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, even Lane Johnson restructuring so that this team can get better. As it stands right now, boys and girls, your Philadelphia Eagles are a better team than the last time we spoke. And everybody else in the NFC East is not. And that feels great. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How you doing tonight? Doing phenomenal. Uh, I think, you know, after hearing that, uh, you know, you know, your monologue. I feel I feel good about us being in the NFC East and who we're playing against. But I also feel good about what Howie has done. Uh, he's taking care of his own. He did pay, uh, you know, Darby some money uh, after looking at what he paid him. You know, that's a reasonable deal. Um, but I feel good that you know we have a vertical threat back. We have a in Deshaun Jackson. We have Malik Jackson, who is I think that was the one position that the Eagles needed to address right away, and they did so. Uh, so you have that one-two punch there. You still can get, hit that area in the draft. You, you have to feel good going into the draft, knowing that they've started covering their bases. You know they signed Sandejo for that third safety. So now we're going in the draft with not really that many needs. I mean, we do have needs, but, uh, you know, we still have that one position that Eagle fans oh my God. have been More talking donkey. about for weeks on weeks on weeks about the running back position. But please, uh, you know, people in Philadelphia or Philadelphia fans of whatever, uh, you have to trust the process. You have to know that Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve. So fans, relax. They're gonna make it happen, or whether, whether, whether it, you know, Yo, but 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 for real, it's legitimate concern. It's it's it, understandable. It's, it's, it's understandable. It is warranted because right now, who are the running backs that are healthy on this roster that you're going into with? You got Wendell Small. No, ACL, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. ACL, bro. You're going into it. But he's on the roster. Though. But he's on the roster. Right. But he's not going to be ready. Yeah, what, what he's does not that gonna be mean? Ready for his, his name's on the roster. His leg's yeah. not ready. Wendell Smallwood, man. When, Old when, Navy. Wendell Smallwood. How? Josh Adams. Those, those, those are your top two running backs going in. Like, listen, I get it. There's a trade in the works. I feel it. Uh, do, do you? Maybe. There might be a trade. There might, there might be a trade in the works. Uh, listen, if they don't make, like, like I'm willing to reserve judgment on the running back position until everything plays itself out. So I'm not going to sit here and panic over the fact that Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams are your one-two punch. And if you have any interest in taking pressure off of Carson Wentz and making sure he doesn't get injured again for a third straight year, you need to have a viable running game to take the pressure off of him and know those RPOs and those run plays are going to work. So looking at those two, not happy about it. Yeah. If the Eagles go into the draft and in the first three picks, that's one first-rounder and two second-rounders, if they don't draft a running back that, that can at least play the workhorse role, Say it with your chest. I'm going to be a little concerned. I mean, there, there are guys there. I mean, even looking at, like, the, the pre-draft visits and, you know, I, you know, I look at those closely. I mean, if you're looking at the list, you know, there's only one guy that's really close to the first round. That would be Josh Jacobs. I don't know if that's... The way that they're going, I know. I know his stock might dip a little bit running the four six. I don't know, um, but they're doing their homework on guys in the second to third round, um, and then after that, it's you know day three guys. So I think them doing their homework. There's going to be a guy maybe in that second pick that the uh, the second uh, pick in the second round. With a t- you know, a pretty solid guy. Uh, if Josh Jacobs does fall to him in the second round, that would be even perfect. Uh, but they're going to handle it. There, there are still guys out there. You know, guys like Spencer Ware is out there, a guy who's familiar ooh, ooh. with Doug's system. Uh, uh, LeGarrette okay. Blunt is still out there. Um, okay. J.J. Okay. is on, he's, he's on the road with the Colts this week. I don't know. Look at this dude. Uh, actually, tomorrow he has a meeting with them. <laughs> this is doing absolutely nothing for my confidence. You know, Darren Sproles is still out there. He's doing nothing. Well, okay. Listen, out of all of them, like, look, you can either bring back LeGarrette Blunt, you can bring back J.J., you can bring da- back Darren Sproles. I wouldn't mind to see Sproles back. I think he gave the offense a little bit of a pep, especially at the end of the season. And sort of like a Deshaun Jackson role where it's like, look, he might be a little older, but it's he hasn't lost anything speed-wise. Like, if you're going to bring back anybody, you bring back Darren Sproles. But I still need to get that workhorse running back. Marshawn Lynch is out there. 
Oh, <laughs> that would be entertaining. TJ, TJ Yeldon's still out there. CJ Anderson's still out there. Ugh. Ugh. Hi, Montgomery. Isaiah Crowell. Oh, Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. Alfred Blue. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Hollywood God. Hearn, how are you doing yeah. this evening? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm in the same boat as everybody else with the uh, running back situation. I feel really confident about what the Eagles have been doing this entire offseason. We are far and away uh, making the best moves, I think, in the NFC East. Um, the running back, obviously, is still the glaring issue to me. Deshaun Jackson being back though, God, yeah, guys, dude. this is like this is phenomenal news. Like I was so hyped to hear. I I was so happy, man. Like and and he's coming back not only at, like he doesn't have to be relied on as a number one wide receiver with Alshon Jeffrey being on the other side. Nelson Aguilar could flourish more in the slot. Like it just fits the offense so well. One last thing, you left out a certain cowboy um, in your opening monologue. Who was that? Uh, David Irving. Oh, he, <laughs> Mr. Uh, apparently had a conversation with Jason Garrett about uh, he wanted to smoke weed or something during the offseason. Yeah, Jason quit, Garrett said to him, just quit, just quit and smoke weed. Just quit and smoke weed. And that's exactly what he, he took did. took him up on. <laughs> took him up on. <laughs> he he told us bluff. But, it, but also, he sm- he was smoking the the weed on IG Live. Yeah. I actually watched it. it was, yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of re- crazy but refreshing. I mean, he was like spilling the beans. Like he was right. giving the tea. Uh, actually, he was dealing with a lot of concussions, so he, he he's actually pushing the narrative, you know, for that to be part medical marijuana to be used in the NFL. And if that was the case, he right. he might come back to the NFL. But he was just like lighting up like nobody's business. But but also Tyrone Crawford got arrested. Um, then he, he yeah, pushed, that's right, that's right, the cop. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Randy Gregory with the, with the uh, suspension. You know, these Cowboys they, need chaperones in the offseason, man. Crawford the, could get suspended. But this is why this is important. I mean, you hear the Good argument. Character. You hear the argument so much. It's like, I don't care what he does off the field. I don't care what kind of guy he is as long as he performs on the field, yada, 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 until a move like Randy Gregory getting suspended all of a sudden has a trickle-down effect on everything else you're doing. And 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 correct, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think I'm right on this. I mean, the Cowboys were in, like, the top ten as far as available cap was concerned going into free agency. So here's a team that won the NFC East, that got to the divisional round of the playoffs, that as least as Eagles fans, you look at and you push aside the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins as bottom basement dwellers, and you're going to be duking it out with the Cowboys for the next five years, battling for the NFC East, and all of a sudden a move like this handcuffs them in the Lawrence, which then again, they need to squirrel away money because they got all these guys with expiring contracts and rookie deals. And look, they might be able to sign all of them. But again, if Jerry Jones, and he did promise Dak Prescott, you know, that big contract, you got Zeke, who, what's what we already saw what Dak Prescott was without Zeke. Yeah, it's it, not much. And if it, Zeke was smart, he would he would push for a contract. Uh, I know Pro Football Talk was talking about Zeke pushing the market. Yo, give me my money now. Like you yeah. can hold them in limbo right now because you yeah. need him. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like, okay, you can uh, exercise, and I'm not sure if they did a, a fifth year option on uh, first round picks, right? Dak was a third round pick. Am I right? Yeah. Third or fourth? Third. I believe fourth. I believe fourth. I yeah. Whatever, whatever he was, that's a four-year contract. So you got to you got to get him first. You got you got to get him first, and you got to sign him to a big deal. Jerry Jones already promised it. Fourth round, and yeah, then you already right. invested a first-round pick in Amari Cooper, who already has an expiring contract. I think they could pick pick up the fifth round. I don't know. I got to look. I got to look into this. Either way, you've got three-year top offensive stars needing big money contracts, mm-hmm. like. Consecutively, yeah, and they—that's and they, a bad spot to be in. And they've got a good thing though. They've got this is a no good thing for us. That's yeah. a bad thing for them. They've got no first round pick in a supposed historic defensive line draft when they've yeah. got pick the Randy Gregory and the David Irvin thing going down. So, they, like you're saying, they're not even going to be able to supplement that with top tier talent. Com- combine that, and I love we just bring it right back to the Cowboys. Pick number fifty eight, but guess who picks in front of them in the second round? We do. Oh, we can Dallas Goddard. I was gonna say we Dallas Goddard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, one, one yeah. more time. I hope we get that defensive end like right in front of him. It just pisses. Jack. Then they immediately they pan to Jerry Jones in the in the Cowboys war room, and he's just all puss faced like he was last year. The Cowboys were actually look, looking at Robert Quinn as well. Uh, they might trade for him. I, I saw on the TL. Uh, he was visiting. Good, good. More picks. More picks. 
Yeah. More, 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 yeah. more investments. You know what I mean? Perfect. It, 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 it's perfect. But I want to I want to start talking about the Eagles moves. And the one that you brought up right away is one that I'm super excited about. Malik Jackson. All right. Three, uh, three years, 30 million, 17 million guaranteed. Uh, was benched last year. All right. Big free agent signing coming out of Denver. One of the top defensive tackles yeah. in the league. Goes to Jacksonville, lights it up his first year, has some problem. Maybe he wasn't playing the run. It was real weird to see him at the press conference kind of not dance around, directly answer it, but also go, listen, it is what it is. You got to talk to the coaches over there as to why I was benched. But you take a guy like that, it almost seemed like that would be motivation to him. Like, I got benched. I was the high-priced free agent signing to Jacksonville, and I got benched. And now I'm able to come to the Philadelphia Eagles and kind of redeem himself. And he is a pass rush, yeah. interior pass rush specialist. Part of the reason he said he, did, he got benched was he didn't play the run very well, which is a little bit of a concern, especially when you think, okay, you've got you know, Fletcher Cox pass rushing, going to take on a double team, but a, more of a pass rushing interior defensive lineman, one of the best in the league. Yeah. And then Malik Jackson, like how are you going to play the run, especially when middle linebacker is a little bit in flux in the middle there. But if you watch that dude's highlights, 2017, getting after the quarterback, wow. Yeah. We all saw how strong this defensive line was with Timmy Jernigan when Timmy Jernigan was playing at the peak of his game. It was tough to beat. Yeah. I think the, the key thing is here, like, all we need is one guy to beat one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And you got Malik Jackson there uh, for the taking. You know, that's where he can start bullying some of these guys when, you know, Fletcher Cox is eating up all the uh, attention. I mean, that's that's key. And then you can start running interior stunts. We had our dude Trey Thomas in here uh, last season talking about the ETs and the TEs. And, on. you know, when you start moving guys around like that, which, by the way, Michael Bennett used to do a lot of, Early on in the early on in last season, you know, kind of lining up in that pass rushing defensive tackle position and looping around right. one way or the other. That's going to confuse a lot of de- defense or offensive linemen, especially when he's that quick. They're so quick in the interior, and I can't help but look back at last year, bringing up the Cowboys again. Reason why the Cowboys were so successful against the New Orleans Saints was that they had that interior pressure. To make Drew Brees feel uncomfortable. Can't see over the line. You know what I mean? He has to move off of his spot. That's how you get to Drew Brees. And he didn't have a good game. Now granted, if they play that game again, maybe the Saints win it 6 out of 10 times, 7 out of 10 times. But that was the key to their success. Moving on to the playoffs against the Saints, Eagles had Timmy Jernigan. So I mean, I mean that that played played a role in the whole thing, yeah. and, and and them being able to at least shut down the Saints in the first half. I feel like that was a big big part of it. I mean, wouldn't that be something if you know Timmy Jernigan's out there looking for a contract, and he de- he doesn't get what he's looking for, and he comes back? That would be even more lethal to have him coming off the bench. Yeah. Well, the the the, the one concern I have. With all of it, really, as far as the defensive line goes, is 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 more along the lines of depth, and 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 and, and talking about the offensive line too. Like I like I, I like it's almost like the Sixers. Like you like your starting five, but beyond that, you see, you go I, I I don't know about the bench, dude. Yeah. I don't I don't know about the bench. Like let's take a look at the offensive line. Jason Peters restructures his deal, does the right thing by the Eagles, frees up some salary cap room so they can go and be players. But Jason Peters has been checking himself out of games, a lot of games, leaving early, being injured, raising his hand, checking himself out, putting in a cold Vitae in there to then get swamped. Uh, Then you have, look, Brooks tearing his his Achilles at the end of the year was like a heartbreaker. It is. When When that dude's healthy... He is so reliable Dominant. at a all-pro, Pro Bowl level. He is the man. But he's not, barring some freakish healing process where, where he travels overseas and gets some something injected into his Achilles. Yeah, but for a guy that size, too. I can't imagine him being ready for the beginning of the season. That's a huge concern. Jason Kelsey, thank God, signs an extension, puts to bed any of the rumors about him retiring. But still, what, what was that, like a three-year deal that Jason Kelsey signed? Yep. It, it was a one-year extension, I believe. What, what, on. Okay, so it, it, it's it, a one-year it, extension. I know, they, I know there's, uh, there's opt-ins. So you can opt in beyond that. 
So, and, and really the only one that you have locked down is like Lane Johnson. So you're starting five real strong, even even though you'll get Brooks back. But it's like what, say it, Malu, okay. They got to get younger. They got to interject yeah. some youth. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at, you know, a lineman, a versatile lineman. Uh, you know, I, I the the Eagles are at Oklahoma. They, they were at Oklahoma's uh, pro day, and a guy like Cody Ford, a guy who you know could in, interject that kind of youth um, into the lineup. Um, but you know, they're going to do their homework, and then you got Melada. I was going to say have, they've been asking him to put on weight as well. Yeah, and then you have Matt Pryor as well, another guy who was at ready at the end of the season. Like he was ready. Like yeah. he thought he was going to play at the end of the and season. He'll play tackle as well. Uh, right? He has that tackle versatility, but he, he can play guard as well. So, obviously, they, they, they might have um, some ideas for Matt Pryor. Some, some, some diamonds in there, some diamonds in the rough behind the guys. They still need to add depth. You know, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I think that Jordan's like another year off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pryor, who a lot of people were high on last training camp. They thought, you know, we, we, we talked to uh, Jimmy Kemsky. Who was pounding the table for this guy? Like this guy's the this guy's legit. He's the real deal. And he played with Big V. They played together um, at TCU. So, but but I still have like, I still get nervous. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're, we're one injury away. We're one Jason Peters going down for the season away from like, oh man, I I I, ugh, I don't know about. This. And same thing goes with the defensive line. Like you look at Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Malik Jackson, Barnett, and then Barnett Bar- coming Barnett. off an injury. That's great. This is a Jim Schwartz defense that relies heavily on rotation. Right. Rotation, rotation, rotation. Chris Long, I mean, we started talking to him on Twitter and stuff like that. Sounds like he's got some decisions to make. And even he put off his, his bonus, his roster, but he pushed it off just to see, just to kind of delay that, to see those, that decision, to kind of wait, and maybe after the draft make his decision. But he doesn't sound like he's a lock to come back. No question mark. Still a question mark. Already lost Michael Bennett. So uh, you already traded away Michael Bennett. So where's your rotation? That's what I'm getting at. Like, where's the rotation? Again, Sixers point, starting five, absolutely love it. That's championship caliber. The depth on it, uh, who's coming off the bench? You know what I mean? That's a little bit of a concern. I also also heard that um, the Eagles have been in touch with Curry as well. So Really? Yeah. Yeah. so that, I wouldn't that, mind that. that. That could be interesting. You know, they're they're in touch with him. So if he, he's out there trying to work the numbers and see what he gets with, with other people, he can come back to the Eagles. And like, hey, this is the number. You, you know where he wants to play. Right. Would love to come back. But uh, if you can get Curry to come back, there you go. The guy off the bench right there. Were you surprised that they brought back Ronald Darby? Um, I was. Um, it's one of those points where I was like, I that was a move that prior to even moving being reported, I didn't want it to happen. Uh, coming off an of ACL tear, um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not glowing about anyone coming off an of ACL tear who's playing a, a, a position where you have to go Quick backwards. Position, yeah. Um, you know, but the, the the key thing about the Ronald Darby thing is the healing process has really gone well. So they must have got a glowing report. I guess the ACL tear was like clean, was clean, a clean tear. Now, um, ACL so, tears are still an ACL. But I, I guess there's, there's certain tears that, you know, the healing process has looked good. So if the, you know, the Eagles are do their dil- do, due diligence, if the healing process is going well, then maybe we get them back sooner than thought. And at the price, the price is yeah, you can't, you okay can't about for me. The price. 8.5, uh, you know, but, you know, that's not guaranteed. You know, I think it's around 6.5. Six, six, it is. Ronald Darby, yeah, six, one five. year, 6.5. Six or five. Guaranteed. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. And listen, you'll remember in earlier podcasts that I said out of all the free agents to be, I thought that Ronald Darby would be the one that would come back. A because he's coming off of injury, even though he was rated as probably the top free agent corner, he was coming off of injury. And look, I I realize we got guys like Razul Douglas and Cravon and Maddox who who played well, but there is a stark contrast between starting caliber. And played well considering. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is uh, Jalen Mills still starting cornerback on this team? Yes. Getting back to the point. Avante Maddox, all right, played well considering he was a rookie. You know, you're, 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 you're talking about, what, a day three pick? Fourth round. Yeah, day three pick. Was plugged into safety. 
at a, at a necessity. Nickel, played safety, the, corner. Yeah, played played all of it. Played well considering. And I'm a I'm a big Maddox guy. I think you know as the years go on and we see this guy develop into his role and really a jack of all trades. That's the type of guy that Eagles fans are going to fall in love with. They're going to love this guy. He's gritty. Not that gritty, but you know what I mean? He, he's, he's, he's smaller, but he's tough. Scrappy. He's scrap. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. He's scrappy. He, he, he's a guy that Eagles fans are going to appreciate. I'm rooting for him. Doesn't mean he's a starting outside corner right now. Cravon played well considering mm-hmm. he was off a of practice squad. Off the Bears practice squad, correct? Yep. Uh, played well considering he was kind of thrown into a role that he may not have been ready for. Played well considering that he didn't have any sort of repertoire with his teammates. Didn't, didn't know the communication. Didn't know what it was like to play alongside these guys. Razul Douglas played well considering he was a backup. You know what I mean? Led the, led the team. I mean, not to brag, but led the team with like three interceptions. Okay, whatever. Those guys played well considering. Let us not forget that the injuries last year absolutely decimated that secondary and was a major factor in the fact that the Eagles were struggling and just barely clawing the 500 midway through the season. Let us not forget Jalen Mills is coming off of a broken foot. Let us not forget... That Sidney Jones, right, the hamstring, he was playing soft well in the be- soft tissue injuries, right? So let's not forget he's coming off injury. And, of course, the aforementioned Ronald Darby coming off of the ACL tear. Mm-hmm. So bringing Darby back to me at least makes sense because you have three starting caliber cornerbacks that if one of them happens to go down, you've got a group of guys who can play well considering. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, and it, it's another, another interesting yeah, tid. Yes, you can't have enough good corners, yeah. period. Another in- interesting tidbit about that, uh, Ronald Darby also mentioned the the relationships w- that he had with the secondary group. He said they were super tight. It was one of the, And they are. One of the main reasons why he came back. Um, you know, he, he did take a stop at Kansas City, um, but he left there with no contract, and um, he's back. You know, one of the lasting images I'll have of there's a lot of them, but one of the lasting images I'll have of the 2018 season is when to bring it back to the Cowboys. When you know the ball bounces off of Razul Douglas's hands as he's trying to make a play, just a freakish act of God ends up in Amari Cooper's hand. And who was all there to console him? The rest of the DBs. There was Jalen. It's Mills. a tight group, man. That, that that and when you see all those pictures of them, you know, put you know yeah, posing yeah. and stuff like that. Who is it? It's the DBs. It's a tight group. So. I don't mind going into the 2019 season with the same group of starters as the 2018 season, knowing full well that each one of those starters is coming off an injury, and then you have three guys behind them that can play well considering. Those three guys, like Darby, uh, Mills, and um, Sidney Jones, remind me of like the Migos of the secondary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they could be in a rap group together. They just all... Uh, interchangeably have their own like different attitudes and swag. So I think, you know, we just have to hope that you know all those guys are coming off injuries, and that's that's a, that's a real that's deal. A big deal. You know, the funny thing about all these mock drafts, you see all these big NFL draft analysts keep mocking cornerbacks to us in the first round. It's it was super is interesting. That just la- is that just lazy journalism? I, I don't. You or know, is, I, I, or do they think like that's re- like that's going to happen? I think some people do. I mean, but like you know, I keep seeing Byron Murphy as a guy that keeps being mocked. I mean, I mean, he's 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 a a, a pretty solid talent. Um, great awareness. Uh, not the best athlete, but great IQ. Uh, another Washington corner. But it's it's oh interesting boy. to see that oh these guys keep mocking a corner. I, I think with all these guys on rookie contracts and reasonable deals with um, Darby, I think. It's a time for them to test out who they have and who they might have to let go of um, in the next couple months. Um, but you guys, that, they're not paying a lot at the position right now. No, not at all. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Jalen's, this is Jalen's last contracted year, right? This is his last year. So it'll be Darby. So, I mean, instead of throwing Darby one of those. two more. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, I mean uh, Sydney. Sydney Jones. Sydney. So there's going to be some decisions that may. Either way, we saw what can happen quickly to an Eagles season when a defensive secondary goes down the toilet. Avoid that again. I have absolutely no problem bringing a guy 
like Darby back, thinking he'll be okay for the you know for for training camp and all that. No problem with it at all. And then you know you said you said it Hollywood when you first got on the microphone, Deshaun Jackson, dude. Yeah. I mean that that that's the one that y- you say it, people start smiling, man. Deshaun Jackson is back in the building, and the benefit to that is, look, the Eagles have had a formula over the last couple years that I don't know why they would get away from it. They brought in Torrey Smith to be that speed outside burner. Did it work out? They won a Super Bowl. As far as Torrey's individual performance, did it work out? A little bit. Okay. You know, they they traded him after the season, but it it wasn't what we expected it to be. Then they bring in Mike Wallace, another speed veteran receiver. Got cut short with the broken Got leg. Got cut short with a broken leg. But now you bring home Deshaun Jackson, who led the league last year in yards per catch. According to everybody that you talk to, all the reporters in Philadelphia, the reporters nationally say that dude hasn't lost a step whatsoever. Well, if you, if you look at the one stat I saw earlier, uh, 15% of his touches, he reached 20 miles an hour. That was the highest. That was most amongst any player in the NFL. Dude, dude's still got wheels. I mean, people... He's still hitting 20 miles an hour, man. It's... It's, it's funny to see the like the I don't know the average Eagle fan out there who just they have they're they're they're, they're just stuck in their ways about certain things discredit Deshaun Jackson for what he does on that's what he does that's where he wins vertically that's where he wins like he's elite in that uh, specific trait I mean eighteen point nine uh, was his yard per catch you look at Mike Wallace his last year play fourteen point four and Torrey Smith eleven point two. You get what you Explosive. you get what you pay for. So the Eagles really knew what, what where they were lacking in the offense, and it shows. And one of the things that is key to this to Deshaun coming back that was that was like one of the first things I thought of. Deshaun Jackson used to make it a point to just blow us up every time he played yeah. against us. Yeah, that's one thing we don't have to deal with anymore. Yeah, is Deshaun right. going for 130 and a couple touchdowns against us? Well, that's a, that's the beauty of it. His effect on the field may not come through statistics. You know what I mean? We don't need him to be a volume possession receiver. That's not that's not his game. Catch me four balls a game. I'm good. Three games, yeah. three balls, seventy six yards. I'm oh, good. Yeah, beautiful. Push but, the safety. But back. more importantly, like if you're playing defense and they come out nickel, like and you have Zach, Deshaun Jackson on Zach Ertz's side, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be tough for teams to pull what they pulled last year on Zach Ertz and on Alshon Jeffrey because they were singling those guys out, especially Zach Ertz, especially Zach Ertz. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to bring down the safety and double up on Zach? You're really going to risk that on Deshaun's side when he can blow right by that corner? Yeah. All Deshaun needs is a, cu- is, is a couple inches of separation, and he's gone. I mean, all those guys that are successful, I mean, Alshon, you know, Zach Ertz, um, Dallas Goddard, they're intermediate route guys like, who win in that, in that area. Yeah. You add Deshaun Jackson over the top, hey, there's a lot more space than there was last year. I mean, that's insane. I, I, it makes me sleep at, well at night. I, it, Trox and I went to like a, uh, a Chalk Talk event down at the NovaCare Complex. We were listening to a couple of coaches talk, and one of them was the uh, assistant linebackers. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, the assistant running backs coach. And one of the things that he said, and Gail, you and I brought it up on the the YouTube channel, was that in 2016, when Doug Peterson took over the offense, there was only two or three RPO plays in the entire playbook. And when they did the RPO plays, it was the same two or three plays over and over and over again. When, during the 2017 season, Doug expanded that to like 70% of the playbook, the active playbook on game day, because it was working so effectively. He broke down film for us. There was dudes, when the ball was being hand off, linebackers dropping off in the coverage. Nobody knew how to nobody knew how to work this. Nobody nobody knew how to how to defend this. And then in 2018, defensive started to catch on the way you kind of defend against this RPO based offense is that you square up man to man on them and you make them decide for you. So instead of reading like the quarterback reading you, you make the decision for the quarterback, and then and then everybody else on the defense is on the same page. But it was it was specifically towards man to man is how you defend the RPO. You really gonna uh, are you really gonna go man to man against Deshaun? You really gonna play that game? Russian roulette. Yeah, that's Russian roulette. Now all of a sudden, defense has got to start playing a little bit more honest. Respect. 
Yeah, they get, you got to you got to respect, respect the deep game. Got to respect the deep game. Michael Bennett trade real quick. I know I know this is kind of old news. Did it surprise you? It didn't. It didn't surprise me, especially after he you know he had said something. You know, once they, when, I felt like once they paid Brandon Graham, that was I felt like if Brandon Graham walks, uh, Howie Roseman had Bennett in the wings and could finagle that. There's uh, going to be one. Or that the was other, his wild think? card. So you know you you, you got uh, Brandon Graham back. And then he said that uh, on on TV. I that think he wants once, more he, money. once yeah. he heard he was shopped, you know that probably offend, could have offended him if he, that's the first time he heard it. Um, but you know they got some picks back. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, it kind of sucked to see a guy with nine productive. Sack, yeah, a productive guy go. But there had to have been a little bit more to the story than some locker room maybe some locker room stuff. May, like I don't know anything, but for him to just for for them to hear. For us to hear that he was being shopped out in Indianapolis at the Combine, for him to go on, what was it, Good Morning Football and say what yeah. he said, especially about the money. Our friends at Good Morning at Football. Yeah, okay, Kyle Brandt them. Like, it was almost like the writing was on the wall right then and there, and boom, he gets traded. Tough. Nine sacks is going to be tough to replace from your arguably your best edge pass rusher on the team. But, again, draft, historic defensive yeah. line draft. You know? But then also looking at the type of player Michael Bennett, you know, super prideful. I, I, you know, I, obviously, you know, respect for for being prideful in what you do. But is he a guy that wants to come off the bench? D- does he want to share uh, snaps uh, when he was that productive, knowing that he wants to get paid? Uh, he should be. He he could have he could uh, have a fight to start. Um, so you know, could they have you know the beginning of the season where Bennett was like, you know upset that he wasn't getting that playing time that he wanted, that could be an issue what they they thought that came into their thoughts when they, they moved on from him. You ready to kick it a little old school? Because we're bringing back the Twitter questions. Or donkey. Oh. We're, we're, we're going to bring oh, it back. No. We are going to bring hey, it back. Hey, Trox, right uh, give us some Twitter questions. Okay, we got some questions from the Twitter people. <laughs> At Classic Jeff, what position, not player, will the birds draft in the first round? Yeah, well, that's a great question for you. I mean, I, it's historic uh, d- defensive line draft, d- defensive tackle. Would it shock you if they went running back? Like, would it absolutely floor you if they went running back? Um, It, it would shock me. I wouldn't say it would shock me, but I, I just feel like it would be, you know, there's been rumors of, like, you know, them being super interested in Josh Jacobs at 25. Could that be a smokescreen? Because guess who picks in front of the Eagles? Who? The Raiders. Um, who want a running back? So if you keep talking about Eagles want a running back, Eagles want a running back, they go they go and get that running back, and you get your. Plus, defense. the Eagles play their cards so tight to the vest, especially when it comes to the draft. I mean, there 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 are guys that have had multiple visits and stuff like that, but usually in the first round, I mean, they'll they'll kind of throw some curveballs at you. They play that real close to the vest. So to hear like so much interest in a certain player or a certain position is a little unhowy like. Yeah, on how we like. And they were doing their homework for, uh, you know, they were at Josh Jacobs Pro Day today. Um, I mean, that was my he, next question. A lot of people asked about him. Your thoughts around the board on that? About Josh Jacobs? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, Josh Jacobs has a, a an all around skill set. Uh, doesn't have that many miles on his on on his uh, uh, belt. Uh, you know, he he he's willing a willing blocker. He, he's effective in, in the pass game. Um, I just think you know, run that four six. You know, he's he's not the su- super super athletic, but he's an overall his overall skill set uh, is, is interesting and intriguing. And uh, he, Nick it, Saban he, called him their best overall back. Did it, does he catch passes out of the back? Yeah, and then he, do that? he offers offers you special teams ability. He's it's a kick returner as well. Um, but he, he's got a six, six skill set. He's, he seems like a guy that could definitely contribute on the team, but just based off of all of the defensive talent that's in this draft, I think that I, I, I almost would like if the Eagles went with a running back with the second second round pick to the fourth round pick. I feel like there's some still some depth at the running back position at that in that spot. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the first round and you see that, you know, there's defensive line talent there. Right. Like I'd rather have a defensive. Line talent versus, you know, knowing that I have guys in the second round that could, you know, like if I'm looking at running backs, I know there's some guys in the second round that could offer me some kind of talent. Right. 
you know, that are explosive, like a Daryl Henderson. Right. Um, that are getting pushed back because... Right. In, a, in a Devin Singletary at the end of the second, perhaps, or the third or whatever. Right. But why am I going to skip out on a defensive tackle that's right there for the taking? Right. You know, in in the first round. Let me let me ask you this, Gail, because the combine's one thing. Some guys some guys will run a slow forty, although they've been training it and train they they know what's coming. They've been training it. They have independent trainers that 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 teach them how to run these forty times. And then you get to the pro day, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people nor or players prospects normally do a little bit better on their pro day because they're in a controlled environment. They're at home. They're maybe not as tired. I mean, maybe, yeah, combine's maybe, stressful. Yeah, combine's stressful, a lot of waiting around and stuff like that. You're at home, you know, you're doing your thing. 4-6 is slow, is it not? If we're running back, it's it's kind of like, you know, if we run a 4-6, it's, you know. Because I keep hearing this guy, okay, in the 20 somewhere. Does running a 4-6 specifically at your pro day is that enough to like knock you into the second round? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's going to knock him like his tape, you know, uh, people are excited by what he, he's put on the field. But I looking at a 4-6, you know, like all right, he's not going to be a, a home run threat, but you 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 got to have a plan in place for the player. Like if you see him a player that fits your offense, that's where you're looking at. It, you know, like you know, I mean players run slow 40 times. I mean, you know, it's you know, yeah. what what did Emmett Smith run? I have no idea. Yeah, it was, it was around there. I mean, other okay. other other running backs have run like four. That's, that's an honest question from like not a, not a draft guy. Like, okay, how how much will a slow forty time, like that slowish forty time, kind of knock you back? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was I was surprised that he ran four six. I thought it'd be at least four four fives. Okay. Oh wait, what's the next question, Trox? Okay, we got uh, this one from at Mark Four G. Who gets more run this year? Nelly in the 11 personnel or Goddard in the 12 personnel? Who gets more what? Who gets more looks? Because with the personnel, you're going to have one's got to get off the field, one's getting on the field. Who's going to get more looks throughout I the just, season? I, they, they don't play 12 enough to really warrant, you know what I mean, that, that look. Nelly, Nelly's going to get the looks. Because 11 personnel is like, like the standard. Like everybody's practically three, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. That's, that's, everybody's running that. That's like everybody's base offensive package. I would like to see them run a lot more. Twi- I th- you, every time they've done it, it's been effective. But it's been obvious. I, every time when Aguilar gets on the field when he's not playing all the time, it's obvious they do something gimmick with him or it's going his direction. I noticed that through last season. But $9 million, how, what's your thoughts on that? He's getting $9 million this year. I mean, I, they still could actually give him a deal if they want to, like, you know, rene- renegotiate. Yeah, there, there's still there's still an there's still opportunity. Opportunity there. right there's there. There's still an opportunity. There. I mean, he's, he's going to get his targets, and I think it's going to be a little bit easier with uh, a guy like DJX on the field as well. Yeah, good. Um, at Jay Vogs, sorry if I butchered that. We already touched on the cornerbacks and the D backs, but who would right now, for the record, who would be your starting cornerbacks right now? Injuries included, obviously. I guess I, they they really have to they really have to uh, try Sydney out, man. Like you got to see what what you got on the table. Oh, I mean, who's coming back first? Uh, who's, Mills or Darby? I mean, Darby could take some time for for him to come back. Um, so Mills, depending on how that foot is, um, I think they go they roll into the season with the same starting three. But but it's going to be a battle. Those guys oh, are going, those saying, guys yeah. are going to yeah. have to earn it. That's that's the benefit to having all like the that. all the yeah. You like that's what that. Doug yeah. said. Doug said you want you going to bring out the best Listen, challenges. Nothing, so. especially in a defensive backfield, a cornerback position is concerned. Nothing's going to be handed to anybody. Yeah. Like just because you signed Darby to a one year deal doesn't mean he's starting on the outside. He's going to have to earn that. Same thing with Mills. Same thing with Jones. Especially Jones. This is like a make or break season for Jones. Like, look, you were taken in the second round. We shelved you, and, and Gail and I were there at the draft celebrating all of it, and we thought it was a great pick at the time. <sighs> prove us right. Like, you gotta, you got you gotta prove us right, especially in that. So they're gonna have to battle and earn it out. You got any more? Of them? I got one last one. This one's from uh, at Dustin Troxel. <laughs> I can't believe no one said how much they're not concerned with the linebacker position because that is my number one concern, and everyone's preaching about running back, but linebacker is my number one concern right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, un- understandably so. It, understandably so. I, I think you see Bradham move into the uh, in, into the middle position. 
You know, Camus, I think, is a serviceable outside linebacker. You know, they're running their nickel 70% of the time. Yeah, they're a 4-3 defense, but they're running 4-3 nickel 70% of the time. Again, going back to the personnel packages, what offenses around the league are doing now with three wide receivers. We're running a lot of safeties, too, you know, with this big dime and and Sandeo signing. um, You know, like during the playoffs, 64% of the time. We're running three safeties. I think it's pretty much been a linebacker. Sixty percent uh, the year before that, running three safeties on the field. So I'm, I'm good. All right. All so, right. Sounds good. Gail's good. Hey, we we appreciate you tuning into this episode of Fourth and John. Listen, tomorrow starts uh, the T Public sale on for our T-shirts for the first time ever. Instead of like they run sales all the time with the fourteen dollars. They're going to be $13. They're running the biggest sale that they ever have. So, please, we got some new designs up, including a uh, little bit of a D-Jax there. We dropped it today. So, make sure you check that out. Again, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at 4th and John. Give us a like on Facebook. And until next time, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Hey, that number 10 jersey is pretty high. What you think? Four donkey. Dang, that's kind of dope. The legend! And my fuse is lit! Ooh, baby, that's enough, baby. You're too hot, baby. Let's talk about these Eagles fans. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.